Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Today we're going to be continuing our homeschool journeys, uh, first year homeschoolers edition. We've been going through a number of interviews here and we're really excited to keep bringing you these awesome interviews of parents that have just got their uh, one year uh, badge. They've, <laughs> they've gone from the white belt to the uh, you know, the green belt or whatever it is <laughs> and they've got their one year badge and their, their coins and they're in the mail and you got to interview a really fun person today, Angie Burns. Yeah. She's a local, a, lo- a local person right down the road from lo- us. Local to us. Yeah. It's yeah. weird to be able to interview somebody that's like lives, I don't know, 20 minutes from you, but we can't see one another. Yeah. So we have to still do it uh, remotely, you know, due to COVID. But yeah, she's a, she's a COVID homeschooler. Um, wasn't something she was expecting. Pulled her children out of public school after Zoom learning and things was just a, too much stress on their family. And, and she did her first year. Yeah, it was a really great interview. I loved talking with her. I loved hearing about the how the transition was and the changes that she saw in her daughters and in their family life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's kind of in a new role of anyone we've interviewed uh, because of the type of homeschooling that she's doing. That program is very self-contained and it's an online program. So she's facilitating yeah. her daughter's schooling rather than being the primary educator for most of it. Well, she's doing extra things. But. And, a, and a little bit older too. She's got a, a sixth grader and a third grader. Right. So it's a little bit different than what I think we normally talk about, which is more of the early learners. I mean, she's got the younger learner with the third grader, second grader, third grader. But now she's got a little bit of an older student. And on top of that, she works full time from home and how she was able to balance that. So if you're listening right now and you're working from home or you guys, you have like two parents that are kind of rotating the homeschooling, great interview to listen uh, to see how she she gets around that, you know, how she's letting her kids sleep more. And she's seeing a lot, a lot of growth. Yeah, that was really exciting. It was just such a relaxed interview. I loved hearing from her and, and I loved hearing the experience of someone who, uh, had been doing the rat race as a family and then and then changed it and just the dynamic shift and, and, there. And to hear the struggles, I mean, like very, I mean, you'll listen to this interview, you'll hear some very concrete struggles that she had with, you know, how the schools were performing for her students um, and and how the challenges of, you know, the decision on going back. And I think I think a question maybe we need to start exploring maybe on this podcast is the idea of, well, we all made really hard decisions to pull our kids out of school and mm-hmm. choose to do the homeschooling route. But now a lot of us, as as this, you know, hopefully this thing begins to wind down and we get to go back to the real world, the normal world, uh, for whatever that is, you know, how are we going to make our decisions going forward and how do we blossom back into, you know, the real homeschooling that we, we all want, which was... Right, not the lot, isolation not schooling. Not the isolation school. How do we get back into the real world? How do we, you know, <laughs> reintroduce our children, you know, open the doors in the cave and the bright lights coming in? Um, yeah. They. How do we get back into it and 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 really tackle the, the really hard question that a lot of parents are going to have who are COVID homeschoolers? Is, 
do we put them back in the public schools? Yeah. Do we make that decision? What a hard decision. We've heard we've heard from some of our earlier interviews that a lot of people are making that decision that they're going to stay permanently homeschooling. And I know a lot of parents out there and you know you'll find out in this interview the the choices Angie's making and they're very mm-hmm. dynamic and very different and may give you some options that you didn't think were possible. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you know we've talked about this the last couple interviews the idea of taking little things away from what all what you hear in these interviews and you may learn something new and you may be able to put that into your tool belt going forward and it may help you you know when this thing starts to wind down how you can adapt your life um, to keep the things that you want while getting back into the normal world that that, that we all have and all have yeah. and want I think this is a really good interview for that because she's making these, she's going through these struggles. She's having to make these decisions. And I think you will learn a lot from that. Yeah. She made a really good point about, you know, just how, how many ways there are to homeschool and from our narrow view of exactly what we do with our curriculum. And I'm sure this is true for everyone. You get so familiar with what you do Mm -hmm. with your own children. It's uh, so core and special to you. Uh, You kind of can forget about all of these other ways you know, she, she talked about school at home and how she thought that that was what she would have to do, um, in order to homeschool and their lives look very different from that, but they're still her, her children are still thriving. And so I think that was a big takeaway for me. The other one was, uh, you know, she's got one student who is, uh, highly capable. So she's in an advanced, wasn't an advanced level in public school. And that was brought its own breed of challenges. You know, we often think about students who struggle in traditional uh, public school environments or pri- even private school environments as being those learners that are are struggling with the material that they're behind. There can be problems by being ahead as well, mm-hmm. even when they try to accommodate that. So uh, I, I thought that was really interesting and just something important to remember. It's It's not just those kids that have that have challenges, um, with material that are, could struggle, you know, kids who are, who are higher and more advanced could struggle too in different ways. So anyway, lots to take away from this interview. It was a really great interview. I'm so glad that we had her. She's one of the, she's a, someone that's listened to the podcast from the beginning and we've always kind of chatted with her uh, a bit and it was fun to, to actually hear her story. So, uh, let's hop right into it. Hi, Angie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you were one of our early listeners. It's so fun to get to actually talk with you. So um, tell us and and our listeners a bit about your family and uh, what drove your decision to homeschool. Uh, Well, I would say that we were a pretty run-of-the-mill public school rat race kind of family. My husband and I both work full-time outside the home, and our oldest daughter was in fifth grade. And our youngest daughter was in second grade when COVID started. We, well, I quickly transitioned to working from home. My, my employer was like, well, I guess you guys will pack it up and we'll see you in about two weeks, you know, to flatten the curve. And now it's been a year. (laughs) Weren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, so, you know, packed up my office stuff and went home and was kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, what, how, how on earth am I going to do this? And, you know, nothing has really changed for my husband. He's still gone out of the house 40 plus hours a week. He is, you know, life is pretty normal for him, I think. But uh, so, you know, we just, we finished out the spring or the school year, I should say, in with public. And, you know, we were doing the remote learning and 
and it was just really hard. There was days where the kids were crying. I was crying. You know, my husband would get home and I'm sure he felt like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) what has been going on here during the day? And I mean, there was a point too, where I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but tomorrow, if I don't get some help, I don't know if we're all going to be alive when you get home tomorrow. (laughs) I was like, I, I can't do this. And so that's when we called in the in-laws and they started helping out a couple of days a week. And that made a big difference. But anyway, long story short, I just, I never in a million years thought that I would homeschool my kids. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I work full time. I am not patient. I'm not a good teacher. I, you know, no, there's no way, there's no way I can do that. Cause my husband used to bring it up, you know, before COVID and everything. And I was like, no, there's no way. I mean, sure. If I quit my job, maybe I could try, but I still didn't feel like I could do it or, you know, do a good job at it. But once I saw what distance learning was like, I was, I just knew I was like, there's no way that I could do this next year. So I started my research pretty much before last school year was even over. I was, you know, finding Facebook groups and asking, you know, to join. And then I was asking questions. And then in the summer, I found your guys' podcast (laughs) and started, you know, cramming it, listening to it. Like, when are they putting out another episode? I need to know more. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't my, I've always been this way. And I guess it's just transferred to homeschooling now. Like, since I've been a mom, I don't really have a hobby. I mean, my, whatever my kids are into, or whatever we're doing becomes like my hobby slash obsession, whatever you want to call it. So (laughs) now it's, now I spend all my off hours, you know, looking up curriculum and finding more (laughs) homeschool resources and buying books. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the void. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the board I have never has had, Yeah. I have never had so many used books in my house. It is just mm-hmm. it, they're just everywhere. It's insane. You know, what was that defining moment for you? Was it you said you like towards the end of the this, you know, the the school year you said, you know, that was that was it I'm starting to do the research. You know, what was that tipping point? Was it the you know, the, the struggling, was it the, was your, were your kids coming to you saying, I can't do this anymore? This is terrible. Or, or, you know, what was that tipping point for you? There, I feel like there were several different things that just kind of all culminated together. And, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. kind of proverbial saying, but to be honest, the number one driving factor for me was, I just felt like I'm doing, I'm doing all this work. And, you know, I'm trying to maintain my career. I'm trying to parent. I'm trying to cook and clean and do all the things that I would normally do. And now I'm also being expected to jump through all these educational hoops, figure out all these ways they want my kid to log in and what time my kid needs to log in and Mm -hmm. when they need to have their math turned in. And I mean, it was, I'm not even kidding. It was like 15 emails a day. That's amazing. Your kids so over schedules, like meetings, trying to keep up, I'm sure, with your own meetings and things. And then your kids' meetings is like. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, you know what? If I'm going to be expected to do this much work, I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I'm going to do it on my schedule. 
I'm not going to have somebody tell me when I have to log in <laughs> or <laughs> when they have to turn in their spelling words or, you know, I was, it was just, it was crazy to me. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't hack it. So when you went into the summer, did you have um, a plan? Did you let the kids detox? Did you start doing stuff early, you know, or did you just let the summer play out? And then you decided like in you know September that you would start a curriculum. How did that roll into homeschooling? I am a planner to a fault. Mm. So I hear you. I will, I, hear you. <laughs> I will, I will lay awake at night and turn my wheels in my head and just try to plan. I'll try to plan out everything I possibly can to the point where I kind of make myself crazy. And mm. I probably make the people around me a bit crazy too. <laughs> Matthew's nodding as he's looking at me. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no I'm averting my eyes from the, from the death star if I do anything wrong. <laughs> And it's funny because over this whole, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche or whatever, but over my homeschool journey, becoming a homeschooler, whatever you want to call it, I have learned so much about myself and I have really learned to try to relax. I mean, if you ask somebody else like that's around me, my husband or my kids are like, you relax, there's no way. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but you don't even understand how much noise I have in my head. <laughs> so I, this is me being relaxed. So at first I started out very, I don't know. I don't want to talk bad about public school and, or anything like that, but I feel like it's designed a bit to make you afraid and mm. to make you feel dependent upon them. Because if your kids aren't meeting this expectation, they're behind. Or if your kids aren't here, they're not on grade level. Or there's just so much, I don't know, to me, it feels like negativity and fear based mm -hmm. around uh, public school standards and, you know, where your kid needs to be. And if they're not there, what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. So at first I was very scared about, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And what's going to be the best way for me to go about this? And, oh yeah, don't forget, you also have a full-time job, you know, all these things, but it's just kind of been, I've tried to uh, let go of the fear aspect of it. And I've tried to let things be child-led to a point because I mean, ultimately I want them to be happy and I want them to feel, I don't want them to feel stressed like they did in the spring. And I, I, you know, my goal ultimately is harmony in our house. And, you know, yeah, there's some things that are non-negotiable, like we're going to read, we're going to write, and we're going to do math every day. And I'm sorry if you don't like it, but that's what we're going to do. Or, you know, unless we're taking a day off or we're going on a field trip or, you know, such yeah. and such. So we definitely, we do have a schedule, but I just kind of feel like I've tried things. I do a lot of research. I try to figure out things that feel like they'll fit with our family. And I just tweak things where I need to, because I certainly, I got that opinion early on from a lot of research that I did, that that's one of the beauties of homeschool is if something isn't working or you hate it or your kids hate it, then guess what? You can switch. You can try something else. No, I absolutely agree. Did you start your research with the standards and then go from there? I didn't. Even though I was worried and fearful about that, I, you know, having a full-time job, I was trying to be realistic and, you know, look for a program that was mostly open and go 
and something something that wouldn't require much from me. So what did you choose and how did you settle on that, on whatever that curriculum was? I chose a Cellus Academy. It's um, it's basically, so they have, the company is a Cellus and then they have two different platforms that you that you can use. One of them is called Power Homeschool. And that one is just, a, it's a homeschool curriculum. It's completely parent-led. So you decide what classes you want your kid to take. And then you decide, you know, if you want to put them in tutor mode, which means you can skip around in the class, or if you want them to just start, you know, at the beginning of the class and go through. And then there's a Cellus Academy, which is the one that we chose. It's an accredited private school, basically, but they use the same curriculum, but it's just a little more structured and there is a bit more teacher help if the kids get stuck or if they really, you know, can't figure out their math problem that they're stuck on or they need, you know, help with their coding robot or whatever, um, something like that. And it's accredited, which of course we don't need in Washington state, but I just felt that was part of my little bit of fearfulness. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I want to go ahead and use this one, at least for our first year, because then that way I can make sure that the kids are getting, you know, X, Y, Z. So, but it's a, it's an online curriculum. Okay. So they don't send books or workbooks or anything like that. It's just purely online. Yeah. I do lots of supplementing just, you know, with different things. I feel like I still want my kids to uh, have handwriting practice. And I still want them to, like my youngest daughter, she's learning cursive. And um, we do a homeschool co-op one day a week, an in-person homeschool co-op one day a week, which we've really enjoyed. It definitely, I'm sure it's not the same as it was, you know, pre-COVID, but it's still been nice to go once a week. The kids get to sit in a classroom with other children. They have a teacher and they get to interact and they're, they're taking art and music and um, a couple history classes because I was concerned. I was concerned about the lack of actual, you know, paper and pencil writing. So is this a private co-op or is this something through the school or? It's a religious co-op. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not super stringent or we're, we are very secular people, but it's what I could find that they they could intend in person because I felt like that I wanted that for them. I wanted to try to find that wherever I could get it. So, mm-hmm. and it's kind of set up like college classes where you pay per the class. Okay. Nice. So based on our budget, we could only afford to do one day a week, but it's, you can attend two days a week if, if that's what you, if you want to do. And both of your kids are in the same class together? No, they're in different classes. Okay. Okay, different classes. Okay, but the same day, same Same day. Yeah, we just go on Mondays. They call it Mondays. There's Monday school and Wednesday school. Let's get in a little bit of the nuts and bolts of your day. Like, so, you know, what does it look like? You know, you have a very difficult, you know, scenario. A lot of the, a lot of parents, you know, there's this, somebody works and then somebody stays home like myself. You're working. So how do you balance all of that? We we always see questions around this. How do you balance the homeschool and how do you, how do you maintain your, your employment and do the same thing? So what does that look like to you? It's difficult and things, problems can arise depending on the day, depending on my workload, depending on what mood the kids are in when they wake up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, on a perfect day, we typically I get up, I, I have my little plastic 
picnic table desk situation <laughs> uh, <laughs> in my bedroom, actually. And so I just roll out of bed and go to work. I typically start my day at seven and I let the kids sleep uh, until 10. So that way I have like at least three hours where I can laser focus. Can, can I move in? Yeah, <laughs> right. I haven't slept in yeah. 10 forever. Yeah. <laughs> Things, I don't know if I could anymore. I don't even know if I have the capacity. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I feel you. I definitely, know. I don't even sleep that late on the weekends. I'm up at seven, like every day, like clockwork, but yeah. those kids sleep. And I've always kind of had a philosophy about my kids. If I don't have to wake them up, then I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, don't wake the beast. I mean, if we we didn't have to wake up at toddler thirty every morning, yeah. we, we wouldn't wake them up either. Yeah. So so as a as a little tangent, do you, have you noticed the change allowing them to sleep more? Like I know that's that's something that people talk about, especially in the public schools or just in general, allowing uh, younger kids to sleep a little bit more and that they're a little bit more responsive. Have you seen a little change there? Yeah, for sure. Like the focus, the focus, and maybe behavior is a little bit better. Yes, very much so. My youngest daughter. My youngest daughter probably has ADHD. Um, We've never had her tested. She's not diagnosed. I mean, I don't, I don't like labels myself, but she probably is. And um, she was starting to struggle a bit at school. Like I felt like we were coming to a point where maybe they were going to talk to me about wanting to have her tested. And then COVID happened. And so all the, all the kids were off their rockers. So she kind of fell off the radar. Yeah, we're, we're trying to line up an uh, ADHD um, specialist to interview oh, uh-huh. uh, regarding homeschooling. So yeah, uh-huh. maybe hopefully a little teaser there coming. <laughs> hopefully we can get that. Hopefully we can get that one worked yeah, out. Yeah, that would yeah, be cool. Ahead. But um, but anyway, so I I feel like it's definitely helped her a lot. I mean, I you know, some of the maturing is natural and the less stress and, you know, she's kind of more in control of her day a bit, but she's definitely become... She's more, uh, she's just more grounded. She can be more focused. She's not so emotional when she makes a mistake or hits a struggle point or whatever. She doesn't just melt down and lose her marbles. And I feel like a lot of that I'm sure is wrapped up in sleeping longer and better and not having to get up so early in the morning. Yeah, that's amazing. So like around 10 o'clock they eat, they get going. So what is that? So you get a few hours of doing work yeah. You know, you can get answer I get, morning emails, all I, that type of stuff. Yeah. I get some time to myself in the morning to really laser focus and get my, my job, you know, squared away. And then okay. um, they get up and they eat breakfast and they get some chores done and then they start school. I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like a facilitator, I guess is what, yeah. what I would call it. So I'm checking on them, you know, periodically making sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, asking them if they need help or, but, you know, we've, we've worked out a lot of the kinks. So if they're stuck, they'll just come and sit in here with me and they'll ask me, you know, this or that, or my older daughter is, she was in the highly capable program in public school. And so she has a really good, strong uh, work ethic. And so funny thing with her is I have a problem since it is all self-paced and, you know, they can work as fast as they want to, or as slow as they need to. She finished sixth grade and she's, so now she's on to seventh grade work. And my opposite problem I have with her is I have to tell her, okay, you've, you've done enough school today. You have to turn it off. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> There's no more school for you today. <laughs> Have you found that doing your own program has helped her to excel in the areas that she's ready to excel in and maybe, uh, you know, tailored her education more than maybe what she was able to get even in the, the highly capable program? Oh, yeah, for sure. She she has zero of the stress that she used to have. I try not to like crow about it because I know a lot of people that have had a really bad year and I get it. We've had difficulties too, you know, just different ways. But I, if we did, if I did nothing else correct this year, I'm so happy that I withdrew them from public and put them and found this curriculum for them because not only have they learned this year, but they have thrived. It's been amazing. amazing to watch because my oldest daughter used to struggle in math really, really hard. And she, mm-hmm. I don't know, the teacher that she has through Acellus, just something clicked. She enjoys him. He tries to make the lessons, the video lessons funny, and he wears goofy <laughs> outfits and whatever. And <laughs> she just loves it. And she's just taken off and she has, she's not struggling with math at all anymore. That's amazing. So these are video classes that they're attending. Is it a live Zoom thing or is it a pre-recorded? It's thing? all it's all pre-recorded. Okay. So yeah, it's video lessons and then they do they watch a lesson. They vary in length. I think the longest ones are like 20 minutes. And then they do um some comprehension questions at the end, you know, depending on the class and they do some math drills and they do some spelling drills and it just rolls on from they call them steps. So you can set it to where your kids do X amount of steps per day, depending on when you want them to finish the class. And um, mm. so, yeah, she just she just trucks on all day. And I don't know how much she would have finished if I would let her keep going. <laughs> I put a cap. So, so I put you, a cap on it, though. I don't let her. I don't let either of them do more than three hours a day. That sounds that sounds smart. You talked about. Uh, you talked about the stress that they were feeling. I'm wondering, was that stress just the amount of work that they had before when they were in in public, or was it the the peer pressure of other kids and or or the way that the lessons were taught? How how has homeschooling changed the the stress for for them? Were they both having issues with stress in in school? Um, I my older daughter was more pronounced for sure. Um, but my younger daughter did have issues. I think she felt a little bit like of an inferiority complex. Like, why can't I sit still and listen? Like, you know, Susie at my table and why does the teacher have to talk to me about, you know, not moving and not being distracting. And I think that she was starting to feel a little bit self-conscious about why don't I learn like the other kids do. And then my older daughter, she's always been you know, advanced. And so we thought like, oh yeah, we know where it should be. And her third grade teacher recommended it. And so we tested her and she, you know, passed everything and they put her in it. But in hindsight, it was a bad idea. And I wish we wouldn't have put her in there. It was um, in Snohomish school district. They do it as a mixed age class. No, the highly capable. Yeah. So it was fourth, fifth and sixth grade all together in one classroom. And so there was, you know, kid dynamics that she got exposed to that she probably shouldn't have not that early, especially the sixth graders. And then it was just, you know, they were expected to perform at a certain level, which is understandable, but she, 
she would just come home and she would have just these hours and hours of homework. And it was just too much. It's hard. You know, you feel like you're trying to give them what they, what she needs. Like you don't want to hold her back in a classroom that isn't at her level, but you put her in the next level and then that comes with its own complications. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, there was no, there was no happy medium for sure. It, 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 you know, you have, you feel like you have less control because you really don't. I mean, it is what the teacher makes of it or what the, what the expectations are, or, you know, the, the, all the markers they're expected to meet. Hmm. So uh, you said they're doing about three hours a day. Is that, I don't know what the expectation is for third and sixth grade, as you said, um, like what they're doing in the in the public schools is it all reading is it all math do they have some enrichment some history and does the curriculum you're doing do those things or is it purely just math and reading and writing um our i i don't know about the standards uh like i said i kind of let that go <laughs> i had i had i had to let it go because i was just making myself crazy and i just felt like you know if they're happy and they're learning and, you know, we're going along with this curriculum that has come so highly recommended. I was kind of like, okay, I feel good. Like I can, I can deal with this. We are coming up on testing time. We're going to do a, um, a standardized test probably at the end of May. So I guess we'll see where we fall, but I feel pretty confident that my kids will at least be meeting, if not exceeding everything. But the curriculum that we use does offer a wide range of everything. So you get six classes for your tuition that you pay. So, and then, you know, depending on how quickly your kid finishes different things, they can, you know, roll into different classes or you can only take a few classes if that's what you want to do. It's fully customizable. But my girls are doing math and language arts, science, um, they each are doing Spanish and social studies, and they had they they started out the year with a social emotional learning class, which they finished pretty quickly. My youngest daughter is taking engineering right now. Uh, my oldest daughter is taking coding. So there's there's like four core classes, and then there's two electives basically. That's wonderful. And you said you were trying to do as much learner-led stuff. So you have this curriculum, they're doing the set amount of time. You know, what learner-led elements are you including? Is it just a, is it part of the the curriculum that you purchased that there's those extra classes that you said, or are you allowing them to explore other things as well? The couple of classes that they can choose, the electives, um, I basically just said, well, here's, here's what you can choose from. What do you want to pick? And so they, they've been picking those for themselves. My oldest daughter finished the sixth grade science class really quickly. So then it just loads um, the next science classes, but she okay. kind of picked the order she took them in. So she's big on science right now. So she took a life science class where they had um, dissection videos. And we are a, um, a hunting, fishing family. We have kind of a hobby farm in our backyard. So we're very kind of agriculture people. So she was really excited about the dissection videos. So then I went <laughs> ahead and I found um, a resource. It's called um, Home, Home Science Tools. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so I ordered a dissection kit from them. And so we've dissected an owl pellet. Next, we're gonna dissect an earthworm. So those are kind of ways that I supplement it with like, you know, tangible hands-on things. Out school has been another really cool thing that I discovered early on, you know, last spring when our everybody's lives went online. So they take different classes that they're interested in on out school. Um, my youngest daughter does a cursive class. It's a couple of days a week. She loves the teacher that she does that with. They have done some art classes on there, like a lot of painting. We did a lot of acrylic painting and gave those as gifts at Christmas time to the grandparents. And I don't know, just kind of different things that come up that they're like, oh, I want to try this or, oh, I'm interested in that. And I just find a way to try to order something that we can do together or try to find something online that they can, you know, take a class from somebody else. No, I'm looking at OutSchool right now. So it's sort of like a Udemy or like a paid course. Right, thing. but it's for kids. Yeah, but it's for kids. Yeah, it's one of those things a lot of folks gravitated to when all we could do was online stuff. Oh, interesting. and it's mm-hmm. just we have some friends that did it. Our daughter still a little bit. Well, at that time was still a little too young to get the concept of something that was a, a class that was being taught digitally. But it's great. It, they do offer just, uh, I don't know. If there's it's it's a huge number of different options for yeah, they're classes. saying like a hundred thousand classes. Yeah, it's yeah. It, I think yeah, it, there's literally I looked at like, it was overwhelming. There's, yeah, there's literally a class for everything that you can imagine. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I, mean, I think it's great though that they're able to um, you know, pursue you, you know, you you know that you've got your basis covered because you're using this curriculum that's that you you know meeting all the things you know it needs to meet. So you can take that off your your worry plate. And then they can do the things that interest them and you can do things together. So now that they're home and you're doing learning with them, what, what has this done in terms of your relationship with your daughters, as opposed to, you know, where you were before when you were doing the, as you said, the rat race, uh, being busy and things before all of this happened. I feel like it definitely has not been all butterflies and rainbows. I don't want to, I don't want to paint it, you know, in such a perfect light, but I feel very much empowered to be more present and be more than just somebody that gets up in the morning, yells, why is everybody late? Why is nobody doing this? (laughs) Like rush, rush, rush in the morning. And then everybody disperses and then you don't see each other again all day. And then you get back together in the evening and it's fight about the homework, fight about the chores, rush through the dinner. Like it's, it's just, I didn't realize how miserable it was until I didn't do it anymore. Oh, (laughs) and it's terrible. There's still, there's still days that are hard and there's still days where I just feel like, oh, I want to go back to work or (laughs) I wish that you could just go somewhere for the day. but on a whole, it's, it's nice to be together, to learn together, to feel like I'm more, or once again, I'm raising my kids more to my values, or, you know, what we hold dear, or what we're interested in. And I also feel like, especially with my older daughter, you know, she's 11 going on like 16. (laughs) And I feel, I feel like, it's really a blessing 
that I am here with her in this, you know, doing this all together because I feel like I get to help her grow her character more than I would be if she was, you know, if we were away from each other all day. So, so we'll lead into the $10,000 question. Um, are you going to continue or are you going to head back into the school system? Or is that a question you haven't yet to answer, ask or answer? <laughs> it's come up already. Um, okay. Even though I tried, I fought tooth and nail and I tried so hard to present them with all these opportunities to make new friends. It was just hard this last year, no matter, mm-hmm. you know, where we mm-hmm. went or what we did, even though we, you know, really tried hard to do in-person stuff. Everybody was still wearing masks and everybody was still six feet apart and just, it wasn't normal. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how could it be? No. And so I, my kids are still lonely and they've really clung on to the friends they had in public school. Um, and they haven't really made any new friends. I feel like that is going to color the decisions we make in the fall because ultimately, you know, like my goal with everything else, I want them to be happy and I want them to, you know, have friends and be around kids their own age and whatnot. So right now I've kind of made a deal with my older daughter because of course, you know, she does still have friends in public. And so they were all excited because, you know, the buzz a few weeks back is, Ooh, you know, it's time to pick your classes for middle school. And we're going to go to seventh grade and what are you going to take and what are you going to pick and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the news got back to her that it was time to register for middle school. So she instantly was like, I want to go, I want to go to middle school and I want to be with my friends. And that's her main driving idea. And so we talked about it and um, I just kind of made a compromise with her. So she's going to attend um, part-time and she's just going to take some electives and then we're going to do the rest of school at home. Well, that's really interesting. So how does that work with, I, I know we are allowed to take, you know, whatever classes we want and go part-time, but was that a difficult process for you? Have you, have you done the sign up yet with the district with that or? Um, so the first thing I did was I went on the Washington homeschool organization website (laughs) and I did my reading on there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I would be prepared, you know, in case they tried to kind of give me a little bit of the runaround or in case they honestly didn't know what I was asking them and they didn't know the answers to what I needed to do at the public school. And so when I contacted them, I just, you know, I told them, you know, we've been homeschooling for the last year and we would like to go ahead and sign up for part-time enrollment in the fall. And these are the classes we want to take. And it was surprisingly easy. It went a lot better than I thought it would. And the only problem has been since she's only enrolled part-time, she keeps triggering all these automatic emails so almost every day they'll send me an email basically saying, why haven't you signed your child up for their middle school classes yet? And so every time I get a little paranoid and I call in and I say, well, I just want to make sure that this is really done because we talked about this, you know, last week and you said it was done and they keep apologizing. Oh yeah, it's been done. Sorry about that because she's part-time, blah, blah, blah. But other than, other than computers making a hassle, <laughs> it seems like everything else has gone well. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really great compromise. What What's your plans for your younger daughter? I'm not so sure about her 
um, she does not want to go back to school unless it's the school she remembers. She doesn't want to go back if there's masks and social distancing and whatnot. So since obviously none of us can really predict what things are going to be like in the fall, I'm not really sure what we're going to do with her yet. It's so hard. I feel sad for her because, you know, her little school career got interrupted, you know, partway through second grade. So she doesn't have all the public school under her belt like my older daughter has. So I just wonder, you know, how it will affect them differently. You know, she's a super friendly kid and really she can make friends anywhere she goes. I just have to find more places for her to go. Well, and and I think we're all hoping that the, you know, extracurricular activities and YMCAs and co-ops and, you know, the parent partnerships will all open back up. So we'll, we'll have those opportunities going forward. I know we're hoping for that as well. Yeah, yeah, we definitely are, Uh, you know, and and we're going to take part in the local parent partnership. I know you've got one too in the Snohomish School District. And although it's a little different than the one we have here in Monroe, um, they're all kind of different, but, you know, there's just so many great enrichment opportunities if we could all just get to them. get to them yeah so yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's such a struggle um you know you mentioned that you never in a million years thought that you would homeschool what about homeschooling um as a, as a first year homeschooler what what about homeschooling surprised you the most that you just something you just weren't expecting about about what it was really like i think that i really had this picture in my head of needing to have my kids sitting in desks and me needing to stand at the front of some makeshift classroom that we had made, like with a ruler in my hand, you know, pointing at a map or whatever. Like I just, I just really had this picture of public school at home, I think is what I, is what I thought. And it, you know, just like every family out there is completely varied and we're all we all make different choices and we all raise our kids differently you know it's just one more thing that there's so many ways to do it and there's you know there's no wrong way as long as your kids are learning and growing then I think that I was just just kind of ignorant of how how many different ways you could get the job done yeah, especially in the modern times where we have internet and online classes and out school and things like that. I, yeah. I couldn't imagine doing this 15 years ago, not having anybody. To it's almost analysis it. by paralysis, though, because there's yeah. just so many options that I, I'm sure that can be really overwhelming for new folks. Uh, it was even for us looking around going, well, this looks good. Well, that looks good. Well, what about this thing? We could do, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I didn't work full time, I think I would have fell into that trap big time because I would have, there would have been so many cool things to try and do. It's all cool. I could always use more books. We could always, we could add that in. Oh, that's not going to take that long. We'll just add that curriculum piece in. No problem. I see Angie hovering over her sleeping children. Come on guys. It's time to learn. (laughs) Yeah. I have so many cool things. We got to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We have so much fun today. (laughs) Yeah. Whether you like it or not. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of people listening, you know, um, or in informal surveys is we have younger kids. And to be honest, doing a preschool curriculum and a kindergarten curriculum is, you know, I got this, this is addition and subtraction. This, <laughs> this ain't hard. I can balance a checkbook. Yeah. Um, you've yeah. got, you've got older kids. You had a fifth grader and a, and a second grader. And was that a going from zero to an educator? Was that something that 
shocked you how fast you could do that? Or did you feel you had to like research a little bit? You know, what was some of that discomfort that you had there, if, if any? Um, I think for me, it was mostly like white knuckle fear, like, got it. how am I going to pull this off and still yeah. keep my job? <laughs> <laughs> and how are my kids going to learn anything? And yeah. oh my gosh, like, how long has it been since I've done algebra or, you know, just <laughs> any of that stuff. And, you know, I, I have to give the props to the curriculum I found because yeah. I mean, that's another great piece of it is if, you know, they do need me, then I can settle down next to them. We can watch the video together and I can help them, mm -hmm. but they mostly don't need me. The teaching is so excellent. Awesome. And the program, the program is meant to meet the child where they are. So if my my oldest daughter, for instance, with math, because yeah, for sure, I could not just settle down next to her and help her with that. <laughs> There's, that would be bad. I'd have to call in my husband and <laughs> I don't know what, but, um, you know, she, she'll watch the video and she'll do the questions at the end. And if she's struggling, then the program will show her the video again, or it will offer her other resources with extra help. Or if she really gets to a place where she's just totally stuck, she can click the button and have a teacher help her give her some live help. And it's, she's never actually had to do that yet. It's, mm. it's just, it's been amazing. And that's one of the big things I'm thankful for is because I still, there's still, a, maybe it's because I'm working full time or whatnot, but there's still a part of me that feels like I want to preserve our parent child dynamic. And I'm a little bit scared to, really step into the teacher role because I wonder um, how well my kids would actually listen and take instruction from me if I was truly in like completely in charge of it at least my oldest daughter because there's you know we naturally have a lot of headbutting going on anyway yeah it's one of that's that that's the age where it really starts yeah <laughs> from what I remember so I, <laughs> yep Yep. So I feel very happy that, you know, she's got her teacher there and, and he can help her if she needs it. And I mean, like I was saying before, I've kind of have like this facilitator role. Like I make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and I know what they're doing and I'm, I'm, I can help if they need it, but it's just a little bit of, uh, I don't know. It's made her, I think she likes it because she can be pretty independent during the day with her, with her school. She's definitely, it's helped her take more ownership of her learning, I think. So you taking this facilitator role right now while you're working full-time remote, um, that's working out well. As you step into the next school year, how are you juggling that with your career? Are you working out some, some days part-time or, or some days remote, I'm sorry, or, you know, um, how, what are you thinking of in, in your long-term? Uh, well, luckily for us, they haven't talked about, you know, us being required to come back to the office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, they were actually pleasantly surprised. I think uh, my department, we've actually been more productive since we've been home. Same with my company. Same, it's same fun, with Ariel's. Funny, funny enough. I think they're really realizing that in a lot of companies, just how yeah. much we all got done at home. <laughs> so it's, right, time, it's right. time for us to move out onto the boat, Ariel, and sail around <laughs> no. the world. Can we work from home? No. Work from the boat? <laughs> Ariel gets very seasick. No. I'm, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'll sail us around the world. 
I have a that friend of mine. Be... I have a friend of mine who's who's contemplating the boat life. So I'm I'm, I'm living. <laughs> right. He teases me because I'm horribly seasick and I have a marine engineering degree. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what the drama mean is for. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you might so, just sleep through through it all, but yeah. at least you wouldn't be sick. <laughs> so so you're gonna you're gonna keep working um remote then and that that'll facilitate getting your daughter to her classes part time and facilitating yeah, coordinating I, for your I really Yeah, I really hope so. I'm I'm holding out for that. That's great. I, I think that's really interesting how I just wonder how many people coming out of COVID, this is going to change, you know, the work and school landscape for, for so many now that we can, we have, we have options. I, I'm not going back full-time either. Or, uh, you know, my company's like, Oh, you want to do three days remote? Sure. Which yeah. was just like, wow. I, I, you know, it's funny, as long as we've wanted to homeschool, I've always pictured myself as just doing the planning because I would never be here for the actual schooling because <laughs> right. I would be right. working full-time and yeah, right. now I'm here and it's, it's uh, I'm just so grateful to get well, to be a part of it. You're actually getting to be a part of it. Like you do the night reading with, uh, with our oldest and stuff while I do all the other stuff. During yeah. the day. It's, it's been nice to actually kind of do it together. I read picture books over breakfast this morning. It's yeah. just, it, I don't know. It's these amazing opportunities. Um, while so much, so many terrible things are happening um, in the world due to, due to COVID, like we're in our own little bubble of kind of family. Yeah, warm, I don't know. Warmth, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. It is yeah. Nice. And, and it's, it's amazing like, how yeah. much you can cram in, you know, around the table and, and it's nice to have meals together. And we do a lot of like, okay, you know, we're eating dinner and I get a couple different um, subscription type things delivered to the house. It's kind of like highlights, but it's more um, homeschool based. And so, you know, we'll eat dinner and I'll pull out my handy dandy magazine that came this <laughs> month that has like talks about the American revolution or you know, whatever subject it is. And the kids kind of grumble like, oh, mom, more school. But I'm like, well, this is our time. This is our dinner, our dinner reading. That's right. Everybody's <laughs> captive audience is what I, I feel like. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't go anywhere. That's right. The baby's strapped in the high chair for us. So we're like, you're stuck. Right. Now I've got you. I, I, well, I think, yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, this, this year outside of COVID is a big thing has been a lot of expectation changes, you know, corporations and businesses are learning to that expectations of, you know, a normal work life balances can be drastically different while still achieving the same things. And I think a lot of people, you know, like yourself, you're like, well, do I need to send my kid to a public school for eight or nine hours a day when they can achieve everything in two to three hours, you know, doing their homeschool. And I just yeah, think a lot of, a lot sure. of, ex we're just realizing that, you know, the old world, you know, was one way. And then, you know, this terrible event allows us to reshape and rethink how things can go forward. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, with, with respect to schooling, I think that's a, a really big shakeup. You know, you're seeing, you know, you guys can do fun things together. You could do school all the time, like we're doing year round and what type of opportunities that gives us for you guys, you know, you're doing you know, the online education, you've seen a lot of great, great things. And your kids are allowed to sleep into 10 o'clock at night and, uh, in the morning. And, you know, all these expectation changes are, are happening every single day. And I think people are trying to find this, oh, there are options. I think that's been the biggest thing that there's been choice in our lives, choice in our schools, choice in our work-life balance. I think that's been a, just a really great thing to, to see. And it's, it's a great thing to hear that you guys are able to do that. You know, we've been going for about 15 minutes here and you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You know, do you have any like 
recommendations you want to pass on to that homeschooler who tried to do the online school this year and it's about to pull the plug and they're about to jump into the homeschooling. Do you have any advice that you could pass on to the person who's starting right now? I think I would just say, take a deep breath and you can do it. You know your kids best and nobody could be a better teacher to your kids. You've already, you've been their first teacher. You've been their most constant teacher. And it, you know, it seems scary, but just take it one step at a time, do some research, try things. If they don't work, throw them out, try something new and just try to enjoy your kids. And another thing that I realized this year that I never thought about before is that learning doesn't have to be relegated to somewhere else. Everything you do during the day with your kids is learning, whether it's cooking a meal or doing some yard chores or teaching them how to make a phone call. Every little thing that you're doing with your kids throughout the day is learning. I think it's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great note to leave it on. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your family's journey with us. Uh, We're, we're curious to see how your next year goes. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was really helpful to have you guys in the beginning when I was scared and didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I really, (laughs) really appreciated the podcast and all the ideas and everything that you guys have done with it. Well, we're happy to help and and, yeah. you know, we, we really don't know what we're doing. We're just <laughs> lying by the seat of our pants. No, that was the whole, that was the whole reason. Yeah. We just felt like we were young, but we were done so much research that, yeah, right. you know, it, it was uh, so scary for so many people to have to suddenly drop into a life they had not anticipated. Yeah. I think, I think that initial fear that everybody feels when they get into it, I think, you know, subsides after a month or two and they, they get into the new groove. And I, I really feel like I'm hitting my stride now. I feel like, you know, I could do this a lot more. I, I'm more efficient in how I'm doing things. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys were able to try new things and, and do fun things and be able to achieve what you guys achieved. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling!